Hello and welcome to DesignCast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Reagan and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world from classroom teachers to authors and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes. Feel free to drop by my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to leave me a comment or to sign up to be considered as a future guest on future episodes. Also, don't forget to stop by Anchor and leave me a voice clip that could even end up in an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. So let's get to it. It was such a pleasure to have Ms. Lenny Dutton as my guest for this episode of DesignCast. Lenny is the MYP coordinator at the International School of Stuttgart in Germany. She has a wildly successful blog and website at www.excitededucator.com. This is actually the second time that Lenny Dutton has been on DesignCast. She's considered a leader in the MYP design world, and her resources are used in hundreds of schools around the world. We have an awesome chat talking about what she's been doing over the last 12 months, her new books that are due out really soon, and her recent motherhood. Be sure to check out the books that she recommends as they are listed in the Goodreads DesignCast collection, and that link is in the show notes. So I am really confident that you're going to enjoy this discussion. Sit back, relax, enjoy this chat with the excited educator, Lenny Dutton. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast, and it is such a pleasure today to have on Lenny Dutton. Lenny is on for the second time, which is absolutely amazing. Lenny, how are you today? I am really good. I'm wide awake despite having a 10-week-old baby, and uh, I'm happy to be talking with you today. <laughs> yeah, Lenny, uh, you know, this is all part of the update, you know, because mm-hmm. we spoke, I was just saying, about a year ago, we were talking, and it was when the pandemic was just kind of hitting everywhere. And it's really interesting to to maybe compare where we were then to where we are now. So what have you been up to in the last year? So I guess last time we spoke 
firstly, I remember I just had, had got new braces and they were making me kind of gag a bit, but actually it turned out I was gagging because I was pregnant. So I had no idea. I was about a month pregnant when I was speaking last time. And I was teaching full time. I was running IB Educator Chat. I was writing my two books. I was doing some PD for a really cool company called Hire. I was very, very busy, but at the time I was exhausted and I had no understanding that's because I was pregnant so and now I am on maternity leave I'll be on maternity leave till June I might extend it I've just finished the second book so the books will be out in May and August I'm just about to start IB Educator Chat again. I've been doing some school visits. I've been doing school visits virtually, which works wonderfully because I can do them with the baby here. I did some virtual visits in Oman. I did some in the Netherlands. So it's been really nice. And before I went on maternity, my school was doing the self-study process as we have our own visit coming up in December. And that's, I think that's about it. So last time we talked, I believe you were planning to become the NYP coordinator or you have just yes. become the NYP coordinator. What was the situation? Well, I found out I, I took the job, I accepted the job, and then I found out I was pregnant afterwards. So sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I was there, obviously, as MIP coordinator from August till December when I'm at my maternity. And now they are covering my role, but they don't have someone covering fully as the MIP coordinator. They have someone taking on the role of working on the self-study. Someone's working on ATLs. Someone's doing personal projects. And then the previous MIP coordinator before I became it, he was the MIP coordinator and vice principal. Now he's just a vice principal, but he's picked up e-assessments on personal projects. So they're kind of running things split around a few different people. Germany is very good at protecting people's working rights. So like the fact that I'm on maternity, I can't work. They, they delete my password. I don't know how to get into my emails. So I kind of had to give that baby over to other people. But people have been texting me for advice or questions for their self-study. So yeah, I'm still the MYP coordinator, but obviously I'm away from the school, away from my baby. He's away from that project at the moment. But I So you're telling months. me it took five people to do your job? Well, that yeah. I think I think also so I had all those roles because before I became the MIP coordinator, those roles were separated out. But because I had been the personal project and ATL coordinator, when I became MIP coordinator, I just absorbed those those things together. So I, maybe when I go back, they'll split them up again. I don't know if they'll need to. If the new personal project is much easier, it's much less of a workload for the personal project coordinator. So I don't mind doing that again. And ATL as well, I'm fine. Well, that's great. I mean, life happens, doesn't it? <laughs> Sometimes yeah. we, we have a plan, but there's... There's a different plan that it unfolds. And so, well, I, I mean, that's great. And congratulations on the new baby. I know that Thank that's a wonderful you. thing to happen in, in anyone's life. And so that is great. And and your life will never be the same. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I hope you're okay with that. So, so Liddy, tell me a little bit about these books, because last time we were talking about it, but I'd like to hear a little bit more. Is there some things you can share about the books that you've been working on? I can. I, the other day, though, I had changed one of my last chapters that I wrote. It was originally going to be about human rights advocacy and be like a poster design one inspired by some Amnesty International posters. And I ended up changing it to a completely different chapter. And my publishers asked me to give them the new title. Said, oh, we're going to put it on the website. I, I can't see that on the website, but I know that somewhere it is accessible to see the names of the chapters. So I think I can talk about that, which means you'll hear some of the content. The two books are out in May and August. May is the one for MYP 1 to 3 and the other one is for MYP 4 and five it was really fun to do because I 
is basically how you know you have all these units kind of tucked away like oh I'd love to do this one day I'd love to do that one day or this will be a cool thing to explore so I could do that in this book each book has 12 chapters each chapter has links to services action they're all units that could be either used all most of the chapters as well I've written them so that there's options for stuff that you make so for example one of the last chapters the one I replaced the human rights one with is really working very closely with children and you take a children's drawing and then you redesign it into an animation or you redesign it into a toy or you redesign it into a digital storybook so they're very broad it's been really really fun I really liked interviewing people for them I'll tell you some of the chapters maybe if I just list a few of them and then you tell me if there's any you want me to dive into a little bit more so I have one about Tifos are if you are like a football fanatic sometimes you go to football games and the fans make these giant uh, banners or giant mosaics and they display them just for a one-off time so one chapter is all about that it's about really the role that the fans can play in the game there's another one about dealing of change so kids in transition going from grade five to grade six or moving countries I have one about playground design I have one about monuments and memorials I have one about art toys which is kind of inspired by kaiju like Japanese art toys I have one about gamified exercise I have a whole chapter about toilets which is uh, pretty fun to write which links quite a lot to this thing in India which is about cleaning up India and ending public defecation and the prime minister in India he was focusing on toilets over temples that kind of links into it i have one chapter which sounds really boring but it's probably one of my favorite chapters which is called why did the design across the road and it's all about pedestrian safety so that sounds kind of dry but it's kind of cool like there's all these little designs that i've seen throughout the years like one is when you're waiting to cross the road you can play pong the game on the thing with someone on the opposite side or i've seen another design that when you cross the road you before you cross when you're waiting you're smiling into this camera at the end it gives you like a, a happiness rating so all these kind of fun things like that i I have some kind of kind of more traditional NYP ones. So I have one about designing visuals for the learning space to help student learning. So it might be designing IB learner profile posters and another one about service promotion. So finding a service activity in your community and your school and promoting that. Yeah, it's been really, really fun. It was a lot of work, but I think a lot of the work was mostly procrastination that made it hard because I had for every chapter, I would have like a template and I'd have all the strands written down and I'd drop in all the activities I wanted to do. And I'd drop in like the existing products I wanted to analyze and stuff like that. And it was actually just putting it together into like a book format that took longer and definitely procrastinating during pregnancy because I was so tired. But yeah, I'm really excited for them to be out. I think that even though they're for design, so many of the units are very, very interdisciplinary. So I think that they will be wor- they will be worth looking at for other subject areas as well. You know, as you were describing it, that was actually the very first thought I had. I had two thoughts, actually. One was how transdisciplinary those themes sounded to me, very PYP-ish, <laughs> thinking about how those could cross over into other things. But then also I was thinking about the when I have taught design tech in the diploma level, some of those topics you're talking about actually translate quite well to the the different content areas that we talk about in DP design tech. And so it sounds like it'd be a great bridge between all of those programs as a continuum. And then you've got those service things sort of wrapped into it as well and and, and IDU type starters. So that's great to hear that, that that's happening. I know there's a lot of hype around your books, Lenny. So I know with, with a DP, obviously, it's much more content and skills based. And so because my units are very broad, like 
you know, you have different options for the kind of product you make. They don't have that in there. So I hope no one's buying it like, oh, I want to buy a book and have a chapter about coding in it to teach my kids how to code. It doesn't have that in there. It's much more conceptually driven. And then those skills, I guess the teachers will be giving more. And then the other thing, which is not really a limitation of the guide, but it makes it flexible for people that buy it, is that obviously the best units connect to like local issues or local problems. So some of mine are broad. Like I have one which is about designing shelter or homes for people who are displaced, or it could be that they are a refugee. It could be that they have had a natural disaster. It could be that they're homeless for other issues, you know, on the streets because of drugs or anything else. And so hopefully the teachers will see these units and they can customize them or change them, adapt them to their uh, unique situations. So that's the that will be the kind of the magic is when they make those. Yeah, and I think that's something that is different from the the DP into the MYP with the MYP much, being much more of a framework where mm-hmm. you're you're putting all the meat on the bone, so to speak, where in the DP, a lot of the content's prescribed to begin with. So I give them the meat, they just have to add the flavor. There you go. Just <laughs> add that, add the spices, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And that's one reason I think that there are so few texts to do with MYP design particularly is that there is so much personalization and contextualization that has to happen. And like you said, there's not a recipe for each and every school, unless of course they're doing food design. Sorry, bad pun. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the, the e-portfolio, right? They are in that any school, regardless of if your product, digital food or textiles, that there is some sort of access for you in those partially complete unit planners. So I've kind of gone for that angle. Obviously, some like some of them are more focused on one type or for the example that one I said, which is taking a child's drawing and adapting it into something else, which is kind of inspired by like Ikea. They take children's drawings every year and turn them into plushies. There's also a company called the Monster Project, which they go into schools and get little kindergarten children to draw monsters and then they get illustrators around the world to redo the monsters. It's inspired by that. I can't remember what my original point was for mm. this. Totally <laughs> Pregnancy <fine>. brain, <laughs> even though it's uh, 10 weeks postpartum. But... Oh, trust me. Uh, it, it it goes even, and, and dads suffer from it too. So trust me. Yeah. It's a- <laughs> he suffered for it before the baby was born. So. Oh, there we go. Well, as long as everything's together now, well, there well, that's good. <laughs> so, just, Lenny, uh, tell me, at, this, yeah. this is awesome, man, chatting with you and, and, and getting caught up about these things. And so so you mentioned you're looking to start back up these IB educator chats. Can mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit more about what those are and, and, and what you envision them doing over, well, whenever they start back up? IB Educator Chat originally started when we were on the lockdown. And the lockdown originally on my end, it was, oh, you guys are going to be off school for two weeks and then we'll come back. So it was the first ever chat I did was just for people to share their experiences. I had no agenda. I wasn't leading it. It was just an informal chat that we had. And then people wanted more. So I ended up doing little workshops and people could sign up to lead them. And it was all, uh, you know, peer-to-peer, informal, not official IB stuff. So people were leading them about personal project or service or IDU. And it ended up being PYP, MYP, DP, CP. So that was, it was really, really good. It was exhausting when I was doing it because... I was pregnant and I was teaching full time and I was doing my books, etc. And because I was doing them, that people could sign up to do them whenever, it meant that I had them every single day throughout the day. And I often had people like texting me. So I'd wake up in the morning and have like 20 texts from different people about it. So it was hard work. So the way I'm going to do it this time, and I'm hopefully going to start advertising or promoting it next week, is that I will do it in chunks. So I will say, okay, these five days we're going to have sessions, people sign up. 
then we'll have a two-week break or a one-week break and then have five more five more days of sessions I think that will be a much more manageable way to do it I think also I'll have more sessions available at times people can really pick the ones that suit them when I did them I also had people recording most of them so they do exist on a google site so you can go and watch pre-recorded uh, past recordings so I think it, it was really good and it was great for some teachers who'd never really trained other teachers or shared their practice to do that so many teachers every teacher has cool things they're doing in their class and they have a cool little uh, toolkit of resources or they have their own experiences to share and so it was about giving people that opportunity so I think it was very enjoyable. It was just a lot of work at the time. But I think the new format will mm-hmm. be better. If you have any suggestions for me to make it <laughs> well, less stressful. I think, well, I, you know, and to be honest with you, it was right when people were starting to utilize Zoom and mm-hmm. Google Meet and different thing, live streaming options and stuff. So it's we've got 12 months of experience behind us now yes. where we've been using it every day in a lot of ways. And I bet you're going to have a lot of people asking to use different formats, whether it be the big blue button or it's, you know, or it's WebEx or whatever. I think you're going to have a lot of people who are interested in in doing it, but maybe personalizing it a bit more, you know, because mm-hmm. it was I remember running one about a year ago and even sharing my screen was a little bit awkward, <laughs> you know, like yeah. getting it up and showing it on the screen. So I do think the workflow will probably be a lot easier this time around. And I think it will be a really high quality. And I started off doing it as Zoom. And then because um, so many company uh, countries or people were unsure about Zoom, not thinking it was very safe, it did open up to having other stuff. But I think not only will it open up different platforms, different platforms but people will be using more tools and maybe use a lot of Padlet and stuff like that but I think um, it will definitely be more interactive I found that there was two types of sessions you would have one and loads of people will be contributing and it's really really good or you'd have one and it was just like sometimes when you have a dead class when you can't see anyone and it's just you talking and you ask questions and it's silence and you're like hmm so what my thought of that question is so hopefully the uh, people will be a bit more confident now to share their well, and, and everyone's getting better at being participatory uh, from 12,000 miles away. You know, I yeah. mean, I think that, you know, and you're right, there's always a handful of people who are very, very keen and very willing to help and to, you know, sort of be interactive. And and maybe when you're doing this, maybe there's some things that people want to run more as a webinar where they're where they're sharing mm-hmm. information versus it be more of a roundtable type thing. So, you know, I mean, and that feature is available now, which it wasn't 12 months ago, you know, being able to run exactly. something kind of like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm sure it will be great. I think whatever you do, as always, Lenny, it will be great because I will tell you that people all the time are quoting you and talking about how useful your stuff is. And so, Thanks. you know, you should it's great that you're so active in the community and I know that everyone appreciates it. So thank you for that. That's understandable. That's that's completely understandable. Your stuff, though, is on your website and it, it's ever green right like it's it's going to always be there and it's as relevant as it mm-hmm. as it possibly can be for any kind of time that you I know before the baby came you had a lot of stuff that you kept updating throughout but you have so much stuff up there that's so rich I think people are very very appreciative of anything at this point that's out there I'm just starting to get itchy again so now I have lots of little ideas even though I'm not in the classroom I have some ideas for some resources I want to make and share on there soon so there will be updates especially now that baby's a bit a uh, bit easier and it will only get easier until yes. you have two or three more but that's the oh, case but yeah it, it will get easier but they're great kids are great and and teaching your own kids is is even more fun so you know it yeah. it is definitely cool so so tell me you know 
where do you go next? What's what's the next thing that happens? So you, your books are pretty much done and dusted, you know, and now mm-hmm. it's just a matter of kind of promoting them and you know, answering questions and whatnot. What do you do next, though? What's your what's kind of the future for you, Lenny? I hope at some point they ask me to do an extra book because I have all these little chapters already that I have in my head for going forward. I guess for me, enjoy maternity as much as I can. And then when I go back, we've got our uh, visit and then just try and improve the MIP program at our school. I'll continue doing little projects. I'm, I'm really enjoying doing school visits at the moment, doing them virtually. When I first did them, I thought, oh, it's you know, not going to be able to see the school. It's going to be weird that like, they're going to be able to kind of hide stuff. But actually doing the virtual school visits has been really interesting. I found them just as rewarding as going to a school on site and I found them super informative, so I'll continue doing that. I'm doing a few different pieces for ManageBack, a few different pieces for the IB. At the moment, the IB, I think you're involved in this as well, they have a base camp online, like a forum to share ideas as they will be developing and improving the guide. So I'm involved in that as well. So lots of little things. I feel like there's a lot less stress for me now. I think having the the deadline date looming for the two books kind of meant that there was kind of a low level amount of stress for me at the time. But now that I'm just kind of doing projects as I want, I feel much happier and freer. You know, deadlines are great because it does push you to, to finish. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if not, you would never finish, right? So I mean, I, the- You know, I'm someone who likes to be like punctual. Like if I'm like running two minutes late, I'm like texting someone, I'm going to be two minutes late. So having that deadline, even though I I know that the publishers would have been flexible and would have changed it really helped me and it just reminded me of personal project right students doing their first ever long-term project and they really worked with those deadlines so I had to give myself many deadlines throughout to kind of motivate definitely you're so disciplined Lenny I I don't think I'm nearly as disciplined I'm not cut out for, <laughs> for that kind of stuff so that's great okay so I have a couple more questions for you Lenny I know that you're busy I know you got the baby to think about but what are you most excited about moving forward so, so think about you know, as you get, I know you said you want to improve the NYP at your school and whatnot, but as things open up and, and we enter a post-COVID situation, what are you really excited about? So there's loads of things that I'm super excited about. Um, obviously enjoying my maternity leave, but I'm really excited for my books to come out. It's also a bit nerve wracking because, you know, units you're able to change every single year and also you adapt them to your particular cohort, your particular uh, context. Obviously, with published chapters, I don't get that chance to adapt and improve the units, but hopefully people will adapt them for their own schools, adapt them for their own situations. And I'm really excited about IB Educator Chat. We have, I have interest from people running them from Greece, Egypt, India, all over, and hopefully you'll do one about um, the CP. Other things I'm excited about, there's a company called Boomwriter who I've used in the past, and their product, basically, you log in and your kids log in, you give them a sample, a starter chapter to a, a book or a story, each kid then writes a second chapter, and then you close the writing time, Students then vote and their favourite chapter of the class becomes the second chapter of the book and you keep doing it till you finish the book. Now, I know that Boomwriter are doing like a big writing thing with like Jeff Kinney. He did Wimpy Kid and a few other stuff. So that's pretty cool. Even though I don't teach Lang and Lit, I think it's really interesting to see what comes out of that. I'm also having a baby makes you super reflective. So... You know, I'm excited about him being the PYP in a few years' time and knowing more about that. I'm excited about maybe the different countries we'll take him to and move to. So, you know, of course, as always, being an excited educator, I'm just giddy about everything. But yeah, there's lots of things happening soon. Oh, uh, Toddle are doing a bunch of PD stuff soon. I'm doing a keynote speech for them, but also they're going to have more of a PD platform available, which any teacher can sign up, regardless of if your school has Toddle or not. So that's pretty cool. And I'm excited about the new personal project. I want to see how 
our students deal with the new criteria, the kind of products that come out of that. So there's loads of cool things on the horizon. That's great that you've been involved with them and that you're going to be doing some more with that. I'm anxious to hear all about that. And I will tell you that, you know, again, your name is is very, very well known. And so pretty much anyone I ever talk to about NYP design, they all ask about you. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> it's always funny when I hear this or like when I go to a school and they have my posters on the wall or something because I just think I'm like some bumbling nerd with like wonky teeth who like stumbles over their words. You know, I forget. Like I, I, this is the thing. I think that every it's just that I'm sharing my stuff, right? Like none of my stuff is perfect. Everything that I share online, my units, my resources could be improved just as our units can all be improved, right? So I don't think anything I'm doing is particularly innovative or inspired. It's just the fact that I'm actually sharing out there. So I hope that more people do start sharing their resources. More. I have noticed an uptake in that in the past 12 mm-hmm. months. People are, are actually opening up. They're opening it up a lot more and hopefully sharing. And, you know, I mean, I think people have been respectful of that. I don't think anyone is going and then trying to pass it off as their own work or anything like that. And I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest fear people have is that people will take it and then pass it off as their own or they put it out there and then people say, oh, this is terrible. So there's like a self-esteem thing. Yeah. Too. People get imposter syndrome, right? You know, people are so like, oh, I'm an expert at this particular feel like I'm an expert in in chemistry and so they're scared like it's when you do like IDUs teachers are scared to collaborate with a teacher of another subject because they feel there might be a weakness or they're scared for lesson observations or for IB inspections because they're so worried that they're going to have a flop like no one's perfect everyone should be improving so Yeah, I think people just need to let go of that fear and then it's okay. This is one of my fears of the book, actually, because, you know, normally every year when I have a unit, I improve that unit the next year or I have my reflections, something didn't work, something. I can't do that with a book. I have my chapters and I put them out in the world and they're there. So I don't get that kind of reflection. Sure. Well, but you'll get the reflection of everyone using it. So that's great. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get to hear it all. But no, everything you do is great, Lenny. So um, I'm sure that this will, there's no exception here. So speaking of books, I have a question that I ask every guest and that is if you had to tell everyone of a single book to stop right now and read what would it be it doesn't have to be educational but it what would be the book Hmm. you would recommend everyone read okay so since having a baby it's been hard like I thought I'm gonna be doing all this reading Mm -mm, he doesn't let me have both hands to to hold a book open so there's two books I haven't read yet but I really want to read so I'm gonna recommend those one is the new Ron Richard uh, making thinking visible it's like a companion piece to the original and the other one is by my Michael Rosen, who is an author in the UK, he was a um, children's laureate for a while. He um, did, I don't know if you know the book, The Sad Book, which is quite famous, or Going on a Bear Hunt, but he's really interested in play. So here's a book all about play. And I bought that at an exhibition in London at the Welcome Collection, which had an exhibition also about play. So that's on the top of my reading list as well. My problem is I just end up reading true crime articles online. <laughs> and I feel like my attention span is not so good for a book at the moment, but those are my two that I'm going to read next. So the Michael Rosen book and the Ron Richard book. Fantastic. And just a reminder to everyone listening, I have a Goodreads nice. shelf that I put all of these in. And so please go back and have a look. And it's what everyone's recommended, you know, all the different books. And it's such an interesting array of what people recommend. It's really fantastic. So, so Lenny, if people want to get in touch with you, what What's the best way to do that? Best way is on Twitter, which is just Lenny Dutton or through my blog, Excited Educator. And if they have my WhatsApp, they can WhatsApp me if they need to. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm trying to do more on LinkedIn now, just even though I'm not looking to move again, as I said, yet. Just trying to make sure my LinkedIn has stuff on there. So also LinkedIn, I think my name on there is just Lenny Dutton, which you can search for. Yep. And I'll make sure to include those in the show notes as well so that anyone who wants to reach out, they can. I think most people know how to get in touch with you, but there may be one or two who have not 
not mm-hmm. been able to connect with you. So this way they can do that. That sounds great. So Lenny, I know that it's a busy, busy time for you. I tell your husband, we appreciate him taking care of the baby while we're talking. It's really They've awesome. Him, oh, fantastic. Hey, yeah. we can keep talking then, right? <laughs> Lenny, no, this has been great. It's been so great to catch up with you. I'm really, really excited about those books. And I know that they're going to be a big, big hit. And I am just um, excited about the educator chats. I mean, please let me know what I can do to help. And Mm -hmm. as always, it's been so great to chat with you. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon. I am so excited to announce the launch of a new podcast network called DNA Podcast Network. The Design Network Alliance, or DNA, was founded by Evo Hanan and myself as a result of DesignCast number 16. We talked all about the need to connect design educators globally. DNA is a collective group of like-minded design educators from around the world. We have one simple mission, to connect design and STEAM educators with each other and with designers that want to make a difference in design education to make it better for future generations. The DNA Podcast Network is a hub for podcasts that cover the topics around design, design and technology, design thinking, STEAM, and STEM education. If you are interested in hearing more great content, head over to www.dnapodcastnetwork.ga today. Click on the thumbnail of the podcast that you want to hear and enjoy. If you have any other podcasts that you enjoy that cover similar topics, please feel free to get in touch with me and let me know so that I can look at adding them to the network. Finally, spread the word. Share with your network and your PLN and use the hashtag DNA Podcast Network.